Developing deeper relationships is the topic of today's show and is a follow-up to last week's episode number 171. That was an encore episode of an interview I did with Charlie and Ruth Shirley in late 2018. It came about from Charlie's Facebook post with a photo of his wife of 30-some years cleaning the grave marker of Charlie's first wife, who was killed in a tragic car accident five months into their marriage. I posted Charlie's Facebook photo in the show notes, and it was taken by Charlie and Ruth's adult daughter, Lucy. It's a beautiful story I hope you go back to listen to if you haven't already done so. Their story illustrates eight principles that can help each of us develop deeper relationships in our own lives, and that's what I'm going to talk about in today's show. But before we get into all this, here's Carol. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Thanks, Carol. And yes, it's me, John Sertalic. I'm your award-winning author and relationship coach here to help you find more joy in the relationships God designed for you. If you're new to the podcast, the easiest way to access upcoming episodes is to go to johnsertalic.com and click on the follow or subscribe button. That's John with an H and Sertalic with a C at the beginning and the end. Dot com. In last week's episode, Charlie tells the story of his wife, Ruth, and their adult daughter, Lucy, who were returning from taking their oldest daughter off to graduate school out east. On their way home, they were passing through Youngstown, Ohio, where Charlie's first wife was buried. Some time ago, Charlie had mentioned to Lucy that if she was ever near Youngstown, He would appreciate it if she would stop by the grave of his first wife, Bev, and pay her respects. Charlie started by talking about Lucy calling him at work one day while she and Ruth were near Youngstown, Ohio, in order to get directions to find the grave. That was a bit of a challenge. Anxious to get home from their thousand-mile road trip, Ruth spoke about initially really not wanting to stop, but she knew it would mean a lot to Charlie and also to their youngest daughter, so she did. Once they finally found the grave marker, Ruth cleaned it up with the only thing she had, her car keys. While she did, Lucy snapped a picture of Ruth cutting weeds and grass from around the grave marker. Ruth talked about how this moment deeply affected her and Lucy, and how they both cried, and how Ruth described it as standing on, quote, holy ground. Ruth also talked about the profound effect this moment had on Lucy. Charlie continued by talking about the shadow that Lucy cast while taking a picture of her mother cleaning the grave marker. He saw a connection in this shadow between Lucy and Bev, as they were both the second child of their respective parents. He summed it up best when he said the point of this story for him was about healing how what his second wife and second daughter did to honor his first wife brought closure to a tragedy that happened over 30 years ago. That was the interview in a nutshell. I came away from our time together with several important lessons and principles about relationships 
that would indeed serve all of us well if we practice them in our relationships. So here's the first one, and it's this. Healing often takes time, sometimes a really long time. It had been over 33 years since Charlie's first wife, Bev, had died. And this graveyard story of a few years ago contributed to Charlie's healing, even though so much time had passed. We need to be patient with ourselves and with others about the time it takes to heal. For Charlie and for some of us, the healing comes from clarifying what our future holds. Charlie mentioned in the interview that at the graveside when uh, Bev was buried that uh, something going through his mind is what, you know, what what's going to happen to me? You know, am, is anyone ever going to want to uh, marry me again? Am I ever going to have children? What does the future hold? You know, he had gone through this uh, tremendously significant loss and what, what does it mean for the future? He mentioned when we talked that he wasn't grieving when he saw this picture of Ruth and and Lucy at at the grave marker. He wasn't grieving any longer. But the picture just brought clarity to him because his wonderment back 30-some years ago about what the future would hold somehow came into perspective, somehow became very real to him at the sight of this juncture of, of his first wife uh, Ruth, his second wife, and his daughter. He had the things that he was really wondering if he would ever have. So this tells me that sometimes healing comes faster than clarity. But in the absence of clarity, we can still live well, as Charlie has for the past 30-some years since the death of Bev. We can still live well when things are not clear to us when we don't understand why things happen to us. So that's my first observation or reflection from the interview. Namely, healing takes time. Observation number two, it pays to listen well to people, especially to the people closest to us. You know, on the way home from Connecticut to Wisconsin, uh, Charlie's youngest daughter, Lucy, remembered what her dad had said. Namely, if you are ever near Youngstown, Ohio. Lucy had a holy curiosity about her dad's past. She asked about Bev. She wanted to know more about her. I suspect that's because she realized that uh, Charlie's relationship with his first wife was a really important part of his life. And her relationship with her dad is really an important part of her life. I love this phrase, holy curiosity. I don't know where I picked it up, um, but I really, really like it. It's not curiosity just to be nosy, just to pry into someone's life. But it's a curiosity born out of, I really care for you. I really care about you. I really want to understand you. And so I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to try to understand what's important to you. That's holy curiosity. Imagine if Lucy had not had this holy curiosity about her father's first wife, Bev. This story never would have happened. And Charlie never would have benefited from this closure that he received from Ruth and Lucy caring for Bev's grave. My third observation is that to care well often will take sacrifice. Boy, I really felt for Ruth in this story. Imagine moving your daughter into a third-floor apartment, all the furniture, all the heavy lifting, on a hot summer day. 
and then after doing that, to start off on a thousand-mile road trip back home, and then during the thousand-mile road trip to take a time-consuming detour to look for the grave of someone you never met. Well, that's sacrifice. I was so impressed, not just with Ruth, but with Lucy, too. To care well takes sacrifice many times. My fourth observation is that sometimes the best care happens when we have very limited resources and really don't know what to do. You know, Ruth and Lucy were having difficulty finding the cemetery and the grave. And here's Charlie trying to do a search on Google, Google Maps for a place he hadn't been to in years. But they finally, they finally found it. They, they plowed through that difficulty. And the difficulty didn't stop there. They didn't really have anything to clean off the grave marker. So Ruth used the only thing she had, her car keys. The, the picture of her cleaning off the grave marker with the car keys, I find just really touching. You know, she used what the only thing that she had, and that, that didn't stop her. And it was good enough. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't perfect, but it was all that she had, and she used all that she had to do something very meaningful and touching for her husband. I, I just find that great, just, just very inspiring. It tells me that, that there are times when uh, I may not know, know what to do to care for someone, and so I can only rely on the resources that I have. I can only do what God has equipped me to do. I can only use the tools that God has given me to care well for someone. And that's good enough because eventually that draws attention more to God than it does to me. And seeing Ruth clearing off the grave marker with these car keys is just really about God inspiring Ruth to use the limited resources she had to do something very, very positive and very good and something very healing for her husband. A fifth observation or takeaway from this story is that it's really okay when our first inclination is to not inconvenience ourselves for the sake of another. That's normal. You know, Ruth was very transparent in saying that she felt humbled and guilty about her initial reaction. She didn't want to stop. Well, gosh, I wouldn't have wanted to stop either. Who would? After doing what she did, moving her daughter into a third-floor apartment on a hot summer day, and just really wanting to get home. Uh, that's, that's, certainly, that's certainly understandable and certainly normal. But what is beautiful is when we move past our first thoughts, like Ruth did, because we know that we can honor and bless someone if we don't give in to our basic human preferences for convenience. I just find that really, really inspiring and motivating. And man, hats off to Ruth for doing that. Way to go, Ruth. Observation number six is this. God at times uses symbols within events to let us know that he cares for us, that he loves us, and that he is there for us. The symbol I see in this particular story is the picture of Lucy's shadow over Ruth cleaning Bev's grave marker, this shadow. And then to have it covering Ruth uh, cleaning up what others have ignored because for Charlie, it actually closed the loop as he put it. And the shadow kind of covers all of it. You know, Lucy's shadow represents the future that he wondered about over 30 years ago. Because he was able to move well through his grief after that tragic event happened, he was able to remarry. He was able to have children. 
one of whom is casting this shadow now over both the current and former wife. Lucy's shadow connected the three of them to bring closure to this tragedy that happened so long ago. I just find that, um, I don't know, it kind of gives me goosebumps in a way thinking about it. To my way of thinking, this shadow is clearly from God in an intimate way to care for Charlie to help bring healing and closure to the significant part of his past. Observation number seven is that we really are all connected to each other if for no other reason than we all come from the same source, God himself. Someday in eternity, we will see all these connections, some of which we don't quite understand in this life. For those of us with a relationship with Jesus, we will see Bev one day, and I bet she will thank Charlie for sharing the story of their 21 months together. She will thank Ruth and Lucy for honoring her that day they cleaned off her grave marker. And all of us will give thanks to the Lord for the relationships he gave us, which if we look carefully enough, we'll see all point directly back to him. And finally, the eighth and final observation from last week is that there are things that God is doing in our lives that at times we just cannot explain. Why did Charlie survive the car accident and Bev didn't? We really don't know. Then there's the feeling of holy ground that Ruth talked about over Bev's grave. It was hard to describe. It was a feeling, as she as she uh, mentioned, but it was hard to describe. We just don't understand it. And then there's Lucy's feeling a sense of connection with Bev, her father's first wife, unrelated to her by birth, but somehow related by spirit in ways we cannot explain. Yes, shadows really do connect us, and ultimately they connect us to God himself. Here's the main takeaway that I hope you remember from today's episode. It's this. We develop deeper relationships with people when we listen well to each other, inconvenience ourselves for other people at times, and realize we're all connected with each other by virtue of the fact that each of us has been created in the image of God. So, what, what does all of this mean for you? How can you use what you've heard today to improve the relationships in your life? Well, I'd encourage you to ask yourself and God, what deeper relationships could you nurture based on the relationship principles we talked about today? Namely, give people time to heal. Listen well to others. Sacrifice your time and energy. Use your limited resources to bless others. Fight through your natural inclination to be self-centered. Look for ways God is connecting you with someone else. Things like these. In closing, I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show enough to put into practice what you've just heard about developing deeper relationships with people. For when you do, it will help you experience the joy of relationships God intends for you. Because after all, you were made for this. Well, that's all for today. If there's someone in your life you think might like to hear what you just heard, please forward this episode on to them. The link is simply johnsertalic.com 
172. And of course, if you haven't listened to episode 171, which is the actual interview with Charlie and Ruth, please do that. johnsertalic.com slash 171. Finally, don't forget to spread a little sunshine around the people you meet this week. Spark some joy for them. And I'll see you again next time. Goodbye for now.